Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. If you are a long-time listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this conversation. And thank you again for tuning in to our, what is this, our 54th episode? Time is flying. 54th episode. Today is December 15th, 2021. By the time you guys hear this, it will be the next calendar day, December 16th. And I, I don't know about you, but I can't believe that this year is over. I know many times we go through this same sort of spiel with each other at the end of the year. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how how fast the year's gone. Oh, oh wow, man, it, it feels just like it feels like yesterday. I was just saying Happy New Year. Now I'm going to say Happy New Year again. Yeah, that's how I feel this year. I can't believe we're at the end of 2021. I can't believe it. I can't believe that we're 16 days away from saying Happy New Year and welcoming in 2022. And... You guys listening out there, I know for the last two years, we've been going through something unprecedented as a collective. Um, So when I say no matter where you are in the world, I really mean it because I was just looking at my analytics and I'm seeing the uptick in listeners and listeners in in the Netherlands, which I have a friend. I'm wondering, I got to call him. It's one of my friends. He lives out in the Netherlands. He's, He's really big into the DJ scene out there. And I'm wondering if he's sharing it with his friends or whatever, and they're tuning in. I don't know, but I'm seeing upticks from all over the world, which is awesome. But what I'm also understanding is we've all, and I've spoken to many of my friends, uh, we've gone at length, whether it's in Southeast Asia or Europe, South America, all parts of the United States, Caribbean, and, and Canada, of course. I have a lot of family in Canada. And we've all been going through this together, never in my, there's never been a time in my life where I can say that the world is going through something as a collective. I was old enough to go through 9-11 and understand that I was supposed to be in Manhattan, downtown, a block away from the World Trade Center that day. I've said that before. And although New York represents the world's financial epicenter, as well as London, the London Stock Exchange. People like to forget that. But New York is New York and London are the financial epicenters. New York Wall Street, extremely important to how this world economy works or doesn't, depending on what you think. And there were certain places that felt the indigestion from New York's issues. They, they were symptomatic, but there were many places that weren't affected to a degree, to, to a great degree. This thing, this pandemic, this virus, or whatever the case may be, has affected each and every last one of us on some level, whether or not physically. It's affected us, how we approach the world that we live in. Whether you know someone who's died or, or, or who has been affected, who, who contracted the virus. Maybe you did. Maybe you were symptomatic and you've suffered a great deal or you know, uh, how you travel, how you go to work. Maybe you've lost your job. You've been negatively impacted financially. Uh, The businesses that you were going to start, the the trips that you were going to take, all all kinds of things have been affected. You see what's going on economically right now. I don't have to tell you. You out there listening get it. And that's one of the reasons why the last month or so I'm glad I did this podcast this year, starting February, 2020. I'm, I'm grateful that I took this opportunity out and decided to do it. 
a lot was going on in earlier in the year and I decided to delve into this passion project and I'm, I'm, I'm better for it. And, uh, but I, I can't believe that all of us are going into another year with certain uncertainties. <laughs> uh, it's almost still waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think many of us out there, me specifically, I see, and, and I've known this, and nothing has been more real to me as to knowing how little control I have over certain externalities. Nothing in my life has shown me how little control I have over the externalities that exist and how important it is to be vigilant in your belief systems and be aware of your environment, be aware of the canary singing in the coal mines. No other time has, has put me on more alert as to that than now. I've been on alert before, but never at this hyper level of, of alertness and awareness than over the last two years, starting, let's say, February of 2020, last year, till now. So here we are, entering into two years of this thing that we're collectively in, and... um. I'm looking to move the needle next year. I, I Next year is not going to look like this year. I will be making fundamental. I've been making changes, but it's going to be next year. I'll make big bang changes. Uh, if I have to, you know, be like a general manager of a team and trade away everybody <laughs> and just do it and just say, yep, we're moving the franchise from Cleveland to Baltimore. We're moving it from Seattle to Oklahoma City. We're, we're making big changes. Because it's the only way I've noticed big changes occurring around me without my say. No one, no one asked me if I wanted to have this happen and that happen. So I'm not asking anybody else. I'm writing this script called my life. So it will go as I will control as much of that script as I possibly can. I noticed there's certain parts of my existence that have been at the behest of others. Can't have that. Not having that. So the only way to pivot it is to make drastic changes. And um, those changes will be forthcoming. I will reveal them to you as they as they occur. One of the things that I wanted to do was journal a lot of my changes. That's why I told you guys um, from November 1st, I've been journaling from November 1st, 2020. And I will journal consecutively every single day for 365 days until November 1st, 2021. Uh, so I'm so far, I think I'm at day 47. I think today, this morning was day 47. So I've been chronicling every single day I wake up. I wake up and this is, this is my routine, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I wake up, nature calls. I go to the kitchen. I warm up some water because I have warm, at least lukewarm water with lemon. So I squeeze a lemon. I slice a lemon and I squeeze all the juices from the lemon into a glass and that's my breakfast. Before I do anything else, I drink lemon water. It's for alkaline purposes. Look it up. We're not going to get into all of that. You could find out all that information. Many of you do that and even more in the morning. But that's the first thing. In it. So while the water is warming up, I go to my journal. I open up the journal. I write down the day, the date, the year, the quote of the day, whatever quote comes to my mind. It could be anything. Be kind. It could be whatever. It doesn't matter. But then I go to what's central. And that's 
what I am grateful for. And it has a prompt, what I, I am grateful for, and I write what I'm grateful for. It centers the day. It makes the day about being grateful and being in the state of gratitude than about the chores and the errands and the business and the objectives and the projects and all the things that I have to do on my checklist of daily, of, of daily activities. That's the first thing. The first thing. It centers the day. So I don't wake up going, oh, oh I got to go do this. I got to go there. No, that's not what we do. Very, very important. So then I write down what I'm grateful for, and then I move on with the day. And then before the end, by the time it's nighttime and time for bed, there's another prompt. And that other prompt is to write about what you what was amazing about the day and what you're grateful for what you're grateful for that transpired. When you wake up, you are grateful for one thing. Now that the day has ended, there are many things that could have happened. And some things happened not to your liking, but they could have been worse. So oftentimes I'm like, you know what? This day for all intent and purposes kind of sucked. But then I write down, I'm grateful that it wasn't worse because of blah, 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 blah. It centers, it brings it all together. And that's what I've been doing for the last 40 plus days. It's been important. Where did I get these journals? I got them from ChavezHouse.com. That's Chavez House, Chavez with an S. I go on ChavezHouse.com. I picked up the gratitude journal, the Lenore Batista gratitude journals, and there are a ton of them. You can, you're going to see a, uh, it's a beautiful journal. You're going to see it as gold. It shows a shoreline, shows a sunset. It's, a, it's an awesome looking journal. And I open that journal and I look at it and I open it every day. And it helps. Also, you can go on Amazon.com. You can put Chavez House Publishing in the search engine. You will see Lenore Batista journals, and you can get your fitness journals, which I have. You can get the gratitude journals, which I have. You can get fitness journals for women and, and whoever else. I've, got, I've already sent them out as gifts. I would suggest you do the same. If anyone out there is asking me, has it helped, considering all the things that have occurred, because this whole collective experience that we've had together with shutdowns and quarantines and furloughs and sicknesses and deaths and funerals and etc there were other things going on that weren't related to this huh that were also probably going on even before all of these things occurred we had parts of our lives that we were working through and these things occurred on top of the other things and many of us out there were going what what, what? what, what what's going on so if anyone out there is asking me, June, has it helped? Short answer, yes. How much has it helped? I will liken you to a movie. I'll harken back to a movie. Uh, Any Given Sunday with Al Pacino, starring Al Pacino, uh, Jamie Foxx, LL Cool J, James Woods. I think it was directed by Oliver Stone. It's a football movie, a sports movie. Al Pacino is giving a speech. I think it's halftime of a playoff game. And Al Pacino's talking about how life is a game of inches, like football, and you got to crawl for each inch, and such, et cetera. And it's a riveting speech in a way that Al Pacino can deliver his riveting speeches in Al Pacino-esque fashion. And I always like that speech. So if anyone were to ask me, it, has journaling helped me? And it's been studied that journaling helps you 2.5. If you write it down, it's 2.5 times more likely to occur. You're, you're more likely to keep the promises you make to yourself if you write it down as if you as opposed to just saying it or thinking it. I would say that if life is a game of inches, the last 40 days of jur of journaling has 
I've gained a centimeter of progress. I've made a centimeter of progress. That's significant. Life being a game of inches, yes. Has it moved the needle in the most, in, in a positive direction, in the direction I want to go in? Yeah, by a centimeter. That's awesome. If you look, if people out there just want to say one thing before we get into our show show. And I know this is probably the greatest commercial for a for an actual journal. It's just a journal, right? But what I'm saying is, if you're looking for these big, huge revelations and breakthroughs, and if you're looking for these big, huge aha moments, um, stop doing that. It's going to happen gradually, and it's going to happen through consistency. It's going to happen through discipline. If you're looking to be motivated all the time and to want to do it, do you want to cook today? You don't really want to cook today. You want to order something and just have it delivered to you. But you know cooking is better for you. You know it saves you money. It's a skill set that's important for survival. Knowing how to cook, I think, is an essential skill for each and every person, man, woman, child. Know how to feed yourself. Uh, you don't want to go to the gym at 5, 6 a.m., but you go. Are you motivated to go? No. Sometimes you slog through a workout, but you know what? You did it. It's about discipline. It's about consistency. So when I wake up in the morning and I do the gratitude journal, I do it out of a sense of consistency. You put one foot in front of the other enough times and you will see how much ground you actually covered just by doing that. So that's one of the reasons why I use it. Because if, if I'm looking for some moment of boom, revelation, and the sky opens up and all is well, and now I have all my powers and I get it, I got it. No, it's, it's, it's not really how it works. You work and you work and you work. Even if you love something, even if you found your purpose in life, your passion, it's still going to take a certain level of consistency and discipline for it to manifest the results and outcomes that you want, that you desire. It's that simple. So stop, stop out there looking for the aha moments. Stop looking for those Hallmark movie, Lifetime movie moments. Sorry. You, the, what's going to give you the most gratitude, the most satisfaction is to look back at the work that you put in and look back and look in the mirror at how consistent you were and look back and see that you didn't break those promises to yourself and it's those things that are going to be important those things that's what's going to make the difference and that's what's going to move your life a centimeter half an inch an inch then a foot then a yard then a mile Whew. then you're going to see how much progress you made it's like taking classes you know i started off in community college and all of a sudden i got scholarships to study all over the world it started off with taking a math class and, and being in a math lab and tutoring and wondering, oh, my gosh, how am I going to pass this test? And all of a sudden I'm writing 35, 40 page papers that are that 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 are being peer reviewed by chairmen of departments going, whoa, we didn't even know what, what you were talking about. People with doctorates sitting around tearing my paper to shreds, reading it and going, you, wow. I'm like, OK, awesome. But it started from a couple of classes in junior college, and then you get to that, and then you, know, you get to travel. You get to meet people that you never thought you'd meet. But deep down in the back of your mind, you wanted to meet these people. It's like that little kid playing basketball in the park. You know, he's just shooting, shooting, and he's constantly, constantly playing it over and over again that he's taking the last shot in the biggest game of the NBA Finals, but he's only 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know? But then all of a sudden, he, you keep shooting that shot and you keep thinking about it and you keep practicing. And all of a sudden, here you are in the NBA Finals. And all of a sudden, you are hitting that last shot. It can happen. Discipline and consistency are one of the keys. 
you know, and oftentimes we get thrown off our square. So this little thing that I do every morning, every morning helps to create the consistency. If I don't do anything else great during the day, I did that great. And you build on that. You build on these little tiny things. It's important. Very, very important. It's something that I wanted to convey to people. You know, um, for uh, you new listeners, um, I like to name each episode. That's the longest intro. Sorry, that's the longest intro I've had ever. But um, I like to usually name my episodes and then I go with a stream of consciousness and I just blurt out certain things and talk about whatever comes to my mind. And maybe I'll have a, a sentence or so as a note to keep me just buzzwords to keep me on track, I guess. But um, the last few episodes, I've been wanting to focus on family. I've been wanting to focus on uniting our family in these divided times. Um, no matter where you are with your family members and loved ones ideologically, politically, religiously, whether you feel to jab or not to jab, whether one person voted left or right, down, up, or you turned, no matter where you are, with which verdict was guilty or not guilty, regardless of these things, regardless of these events, my goal has been to make sure that you're not putting Rachel Maddow over your mama, that you're not putting Tucker Carlson over your cousins. You understand that you're not putting the lemons and the Coopers and the Van Joneses over the world, over over your neighbors and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Jones across the street. <clears throat> it's important because these are the people that are going to be in your corner when things get rough. I've, I've said it before. And I'm going to say it again. I personally feel, and this is my opinion, that any sort of revolution that you want to happen, any sort of nation building that occurs, it happens at the kitchen table first and foremost. Man, woman, and child. That's how things start. It happens in the home first. A house divided, you will see the results of a house divided in your political structures, on your school boards, in the streets. You will see the the, 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 the results of a house divided, <clears throat> the, the kind of media that your kids um, <clears throat> partake in. And this is what happens when you divide, divide the homes. This is what happens when you allow outside forces to tell you how you're supposed to be living with your family, how you're supposed to be raising your children, how they're supposed to be identified, as opposed to you being the mom and the dad sitting at the table together, partners, companions, pulling with each other for each other, not against each other, not competing, not having competing ideologies and competing views. I am diametrically opposed to many of the views of some of my family member and friends. It does not stop me from going into their kitchen and getting the big piece of turkey wing. Like, hey, listen, what's, the, what's that? I don't, their belief system, they, can, they believe some things that I think are, are outrageous. They may consider some of the things that I believe outrageous. They listen to the show. Some of my family members listen. Some of them don't <clears throat> because they're like, I don't agree with June. Okay, you don't have to. But I'll go to your house. I'll sit at the table. We can agree to disagree and we can still laugh and smile because you're my family. You're my family. So regardless of what the paymasters out, regardless of what the talking heads say and what the news says and what these links say, you're my family. If worse comes to worse, you're going to be there. If I need some money, I'm, I don't borrow money like that. I try not to. I've recently, you know, you borrow a couple of dollars. But if I need to borrow money, if, if I was sick, if I were in the hospital, 
you come see me. None of these people that were, we're, we're you know, we're wearing T-shirts for them and, you know, we're, we're, we're climbing fences and jumping on buildings for them. And none of these people are going to be by your side, man. None of these people are with you at the hospital when you were feeling sick with whatever has been infecting everyone. Huh? These people weren't around to help you when you lost your job or were furloughed and now you're working at a job for a fraction of the salary that you, 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 you earned before. And I use the word earned because you worked your way up to a certain level, then your job disappeared in the midst of all this and now they want to treat you like some entry-level employee. And you're saying, what? And it's your family that's giving you that encouraging ear. Like, hey, listen, listen, you're going you're to be all right. We're going to get through this. Why don't you come over? Why don't you come watch a movie? Why don't you come eat? It's your family that's going to drop off a casserole and put it in your freezer and say, you know what? You know, in the back of their mind, they're like, you know what? I know such and such doesn't have a lot of money right now for groceries. So I'm going to give them a couple of things, put it in the freezer and they can always have something. They're the ones who are going to send you the gift card. They're going to send you that that free Uber Eats delivery. That's family. So all of us. So that's why my last couple of episodes, I haven't been really going by my usual quote end quote open script where I have a title and I go with it. I've said this holiday season, I'm trying to get people to sit down together. Because all I've been hearing over the last two, three years of how people ever since the 2016 election of Donald J. Trump to our presidency, Mr. 45, all of a sudden, oh, people, all of a sudden, they, they needed to be grief counselors at, at jobs. I was like, what the bloody, what, what, huh? People needed to be counseled on how they felt about Donald Trump. You got to understand from my perspective, I grew up with Donald Trump. He's from Queens, New York. I'm from Queens, New York. I'm born and raised in Queens. At my house, we got New York Newsday. Um, sometimes my dad got the New York Times. And so Donald Trump was always on the society page or the gossip column or somewhere. I grew up with this guy. I, gr I grew up with him. So he is not the monster to me that everybody sees him as. I grew up with the man. I saw him as what he was. He was a, a bona fide celebrity investor who branded himself as such. He represented New York's nouveau riche glitz glamour. When I, saw, I knew he was going to be president earlier that year. I did a Facebook post. I think it was April of 2016. And I said, and I had a, a picture of President Trump and I had a, the presidential seal behind him. And I said, um, uh, you know, welcome your new president. And then six, seven, eight months later, election happened. And I had friends of mine calling me saying they don't know what to say to their kids. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? Because Donald is president. I said, and, and your point is New Yorkers who knew Donald. And I realized this is the problem with people not knowing what's going on with their neighbors, what's going on in their world. Even though I am a New York City guy and most people in New York consider the rest of the country to be flyover America, we acknowledge Boston, Miami, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Houston and Dallas. Maybe Atlanta. And after that, we don't know what the heck is going on. And we don't even know what's going on in those places. We go to your town. We go to the best restaurants. We go to the museums. And then we leave. We don't see how people are actually living. What they're actually thinking. Because me, I consider myself a student of people first and foremost. Be, my, my background 
being that I'm a first generation American, I'm black, I grew up in Queens, my family from the Caribbean, I had to wear different hats simultaneously. <clears throat> Those hats gave me an opportunity to see the world from different lenses because of how people reminded me of the hats that I had on. I didn't know I had on different hats. The world reminded me I had different hats on. And through that, I could see the world through their lenses and I would ask the provocative questions. And that's how I became a clinician. Way before I got a degree in whatever, you know, government and politics and all this stuff that I have, I was a clinician of, to, of, of the human experience as it pertains to me being an American. And then how it, how it translated to all the places I've gone to traveled over a dozen plus countries and I see and I don't just go to a place and eat at your restaurant in your three and a half four star restaurants which I do and then but I go to the countryside man and when I have conversations I have conversations with everybody when I was living in Italy I was talking to I was having dinner at business owners homes as well as the waiters and waitresses of and the employees of some of the business owners and then with students and then with professors and then everywhere. So I, I, what I had was a cross-sectional experience of what was going on. So I got to speak to owners, employers, employees, students, professors, teachers, all parts of the power dynamic. And I was volunteering at a soup kitchen. And so I was speaking to people that were actually working adults who still needed to go to a soup kitchen every day to, to, to eat because they couldn't afford to pay their rent and feed themselves at the same time. So for me, I see all these things. So for the most part, I don't let that stuff divide unless you say something that's just really, really crazy. And I find it insulting to me personally. Then I may make I, then at that point, all bets can be off. But for the most part, I keep I keep them around because I need to hear what's going on on the ground so I don't end up in some echo chamber where I'm only listening to people who think like me and act like me and look like me. And then all of a sudden there's a world, there's a whole thing going on around and I don't know it. And that's what's happening with families. You're not talking to each other. You're not communicating with each other. You're not allowing the people in your life, your loved ones, a safe space to tell you how they actually feel. If you're not going to give them the safe space, who are you going to allow to have that space to speak? Who are you going to allow? That's why I'm going at this again. I don't know what I'm going to title this, but it's 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 paramount, especially I said I'm going to be speaking about this for the next <clears throat> off and on for th um, until New Year's. I spoke about it before Thanksgiving. I spoke about it during. I spoke about it after. I'll speak about it before Christmas. I'll probably do a couple of episodes and I will tie in other things with it. But this is important. People out there, I'm telling you, don't get so emotional. And some people out there are saying, but June, yo, I got this one cousin. You know, he's like, yo, he thinks Derek Chauvin is a hero. What do I do? Yo, it's crazy. I'm like, I know. He thinks this such and such. He thinks this is. Yeah, I know. What, what do I do? You listen. You listen. Just like I think LeBron is probably the greatest basketball player and some people say he's not even top five or top ten, we can have that conversation. We can have it. And it can get, the voices can get raised. I get real demonstrative with my hands. So what? 
I believe what I believe. You can think that such and such is a hero. I can think that that person is a scoundrel, scum, you know, is not worth the dirt beneath my feet. As a matter of fact, I hold great value to the dirt beneath my feet. So that's not even a good analogy. But uh, but that's okay. I had a couple of friends of mine, not friends, but people I know, acquaintances that, you know, there have been certain issues that have occurred in the local news and we were. I wasn't happy with their point of view and and I and I let it be known. I let it be known and I told them why I wasn't happy. But I also said I was I'm giving you the opportunity to back up what you feel with facts because that's where I'm at my best is when we can get past what we opine and whine about and let's get the numbers out. Because if you just keep hitting me with what you feel and what your family told you growing up and what your confirmation bias and what sort of feeds something innate inside you and you want it to be right, you can want it to be right all you want. But I, I, I like to fight fire with fire. So if I have facts and you have feelings, that's not the same. My facts are water and they're going to quench and get rid of your fire. You understand? So. That's why when some people get into their feelings and they're telling me these opinions and they're parroting the predominant narratives that they heard over and over again from this one or that one, I smile. And I don't mean to be condescending, so I smile inside because at that point I'm going, oh, okay, okay. You're not even putting up anything. You're not challenging my belief system at all because you're coming with feelings. I'm coming with numbers. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm telling people out there, Become as well-versed in what you think you believe as much as you possibly can. Therefore, when people try to tear it down, they can't. I'm not a person of faith. I've said it time and time again. I, I'm not a faith-based person. I'm a fact-based person. You know, I don't, you know, I, and that's, what, that's how I am. So for me, if someone comes with some numbers that I didn't have before based on such and such and this, that, and the third, and some people like to interpret numbers to fit their ideology, and I can go, okay, let's take those numbers and let's shuffle it again like dominoes and let's see where it leads us and let's see what's going on. I, I, I enjoy it. People, understand this. We're in this, this family structure. We're in this together. You understand? We're not going to agree on everything. You can love your mother and your father to death and your siblings to death. Everyone is living their separate lives. It's based on how they were nurtured. It's based on their nature. We may be similar, but we are not identical. So do not feel so betrayed and feel as if someone stabbed you in the heart and or back at the same time when these people in your lives just think something totally different than you. You may feel hurt like I can't believe such and such feels that way. Why not? I remember my mom and I would have certain discussions and she would look at me. She says, I can't believe you believe that, June. And I would go, I would feel hurt that she didn't give me the spell. I'd go, well, why not? And then I would get defensive. And it wasn't until later on she realized that if she kept saying that to me, I wouldn't communicate with her. I would just keep everything close to the cuff. So she would listen to me at least. She would nod her head and go, really? Hmm, interesting. Really? Hmm, interesting. And I would appreciate that more than her saying, wow, I can't believe you don't believe, I can't believe you think that way, Joe. I can't believe that. And I'm like, well, why not? Why am I not allowed to think that way? If you can present to me why I'm wrong or why I should employ a different perspective, please present it. If not, then don't just hit me with that. That's not enough. That's not sufficient. That's inappropriate. 
as opposed to saying, you know what, that's an interesting point you make. Have you ever looked at it in such and such way, June? That's one way of looking at it. But have you have you entertained this, that, and the third? And then I can go, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, I might have bit too fast and doubled down on something that I hadn't thought out. Now you've presented new information and stimuli. That's something for me to think about. I'm like, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. And I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to go, well, but. I'm going to go, well, that's something interesting. I could counter what you're saying by saying such and such. This thing, getting intelligent and becoming an intellectual in your own right is a sport. No matter how important these issues are to your life, and they are important to our lives. It's how we feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, identify ourselves. All of these things are, 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 are how we identify ourselves to the world how we how we see the world how the world sees us how the world treats us how we treat the world and so it's very difficult to become detached but detached you must be you have to be attached to the facts and not the facts the way you want them arranged you have to be able to play and i like to use the word devil's advocate you have to be able to create and present a counter argument to your own belief system if someone were to disagree with what you believed wholeheartedly on the f- on on its premise intellectually what would be the points that they would make that's how you get socratic with it you get d- this uh, when you become a debater and you start to use arguments and counter arguments and linguistics and, and i know some people out there saying june people out there aren't that smart that's a presumption some people choose the lower hanging fruit but that doesn't mean that they don't have the wherewithal and the capacity and the capability to reach higher to get on their tippy toes to find different ways to reach the higher the higher fruit. The lower hanging fruit is easy. So you pick up these little lowbrow ideologies that you get from your news or you get from your music or you get from your talking heads in the media and then you go, oh yeah, I believe that too. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it incenses something and because it provokes you and you're like, yeah, that person tells it how it is. They don't care who likes it or who doesn't. Really? Is that why you like them? Is that why you like them? So it doesn't matter if it's truthful or not. You just like the way it's presented. You like that it's presented a certain way. And that's that's what we've turned into, a people who just are more caring and more, <sighs> we care more about the presentation and personalities and personas than we care about the facts, than we care about policies and things such as that, things like that. So what I'm saying is <clears throat> we're entering into a new year But first and foremost, we have a holiday coming up. Many people are going to be off from school. Many people are off from work. Did you hear about that guy who owns Better.com? Laid off 900 employees last week, right before Christmas. Isn't he awesome? Anyway, so there are a lot of people who are going to be out of work. That's 900 people that I'm pretty sure are not going to find work Unless they're going to work in retail. And these people were mortgage brokers, were working in IT, they were working in a whole host of different industries. And I mean, within that, it was was an online mortgage company called Better.com. And those people are out of work. 900 and counting out of work. Those people have to go back to their families this holiday season. They're dejected. They feel rejected. They, they They feel betrayed because the man did this on a Zoom call. Oh, Lord. I mean, I've been reading about this, ladies and gentlemen. I was reading about it, and it's, yeah. But I'm using, I'm glad I brought that up. It just popped into my head because that's a perfect example of people who need a little TLC. 
the last thing they need is to be at the dinner table and everybody's up in arms and being divided and all this contention over, oh, you don't believe in this and you don't believe in that and you got to sit at the little kid's table because you didn't get the jab and the other one's saying you got the jab, but so what? You got this new Ultron, Age of Omicron, Avengers variant coming for your ass and you your, your, your jab doesn't help you with that, so whatever. This is what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and then it's like, hey, kid, you know, me, I'm going to walk in there and I'm just going to be like, I just want I just want to play the lasagna and a turkey wing. And I'm going to go over here and I'm going to hang out with the little kids and we're going to just talk about whatever's going on in their life. That's it. Keep it simple. And literally, that's what happened to me not too long ago out here. I had to go someplace and it was a big gathering and inadvertently, you know, inevitably the parents got into a political discussion of sorts and I saw where it was going and I came there specifically for the food and there was some little kids there and they think I'm funny and I think they're funny and they were like hey June I'm like what's up so I grabbed my plate and said hey where you guys sitting so I was the biggest person and oldest person in a table full of nine ten year olds and I was happy I think the oldest person at the table was 10. It was a six-year-old, a seven and 11, whatever. And they're talking about this and that and the third and what they're doing in school and, you know, and we're cracking jokes. And I had a great time. But, and, I, and I kept myself out of earshot of that other stuff that I noticed. I could tell by body language. I took a peek. People were getting a little tense. No, no, no. Tension and digestion don't work. Tension leads to indigestion. I'm about this. I'm, a, I'm about this fellowship right now, people. That's what it's about. I don't have to agree with you. You can think your craziness all you want. But right now, more than ever, you're going to need the people that you can see, the people that you can touch, the people that you can hug the most. Not the people that you're sending links back and forth with that are living in other. Not the people, not those FB groups that you've assigned, that you've aligned yourself with and you guys get to speak in your little echo chamber. Stop it. <clears throat> Those people aren't going to keep you warm at night. You understand? You got to get with the people in your family. Make that right. Because everything is going up, people. Have you seen? Have you seen the cost of inflation? Have you seen how much your milk costs? Have you been to the gas station? Have you been to the gas station? I almost spent four bucks a gallon on some fuel. And I know last year around this time, I saw a two in front of how much I was paying, not a four. What are we talking about? Just to fill up a tank with the same exact petrol. Housing costs up 30 to 60 percent just to buy a home. Rent is up. Listen, people, you're going to start living. You can some of you got to give up some of those apartments and homes that you have. You can't afford them. You're going to you're going to be living with the people. For a short periods of time or, or for an unspecified amount of time, you're going to be living with the people that you disagree with. You understand? They're going to need a place to stay. Are you going to begrudge them? Are you going to reject them because they voted a certain way in 2016? Or they voted another way in 2020? Or they thought that such and such being guilty or not guilty was whatever against how you believe it to be. Hmm. Think about this, people. It's real outside. So reconnect. Reconnect with those people. It's extremely important. 
It's the stuff I wanted to talk about. I'm going to do a couple of episodes before the holidays, before everything. I'm going to speak about a couple of things that are on my mind. I'm glad I brought up that Better.com thing. That's a, I'm glad I snuck that in there. Go look that up, people. 900 employees fired over a Zoom call. Can you believe this? <laughs> like, hey, bye. This is the last time you guys are going to be a part of this company. Okay, great. Peace. Deuces. Enjoy your holiday. Wow. Anyway, you can't make this stuff up. In any case, you guys out there, you have a wonderful holiday. We're going to have more conversations about this. I, like I said, I don't know what I'm going to call this, but we're going to call it something. But remember to rate, review, and subscribe. If you're listening to me on Spotify, please follow the show and share it. If you're listening on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, things like that, definitely subscribe, then rate and review because they have that option as well. Um, I'm not entirely sure if I'm starting a Facebook page or a, or a Metaverse page. Not entirely sure. I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still... I'm trying not to be beholden to technology as much, but for me to create a space where I'm making money off of my phone and laptop, you're going to have to sort of plug in and tap in. Yeah. So that, that therein lies my sort of dilemma. But in any case, definitely. Thank you for tuning in. Whose world is this 2021 Instagram? Cash app is dollar sign June Bow, J-U-N-B-E-A-U. And definitely, uh, we'll talk again. Bye-bye.